uh, just so excited to be here. Um, they're saying last night, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here. It's good to be together in worship. And uh, I've been just excited in general lately. Um, listening to Mark the last couple of weeks um, has been incredible and really inspired me. I was working a night shift a couple weeks ago listening, and I was just like, woo loud, you know, at work. I was like, man, this is, um, I think just we're living in intense days, and I'm excited to know that God wants to do a special work in each and every one of us, right? He wants to see the captives set free, and he wants to see the lost be found, right? And um, now more than ever, we need him so much. And um, as I was listening to Mark, I was really starting to think about, you know, a vision for my life. And uh, as we, we talked about helping people find Christ and community in this place, I started thinking a lot about, you know, what does the vision of my life look, that, like, look like in my, my family as well? And, um, you know, kind of where am I at and where am I going? You know, where am I going? And how can God use us in, in all of this? And the other morning, I uh, was leaving for work at 4.30 in the morning, an hour where nobody should be awake, but I was. And I came out, and I looked at my car, and I seen some sort of chilled mist on my vehicle. And I thought, no, I don't think, no. And, and um, keeping with denial, I didn't really make eye contact, and I just, I got in, and I just fired up the car, and I was hoping I had enough windshield juice to take care of the problem. And uh, as I pulled out and started driving, I realized that that wasn't doing it. The windshield juice, uh, I couldn't really see. I couldn't really see in front of me, and I couldn't really see out the sides at all. And uh, luckily, there's not many people on the road at 4.30 in the morning. But um, it wasn't until the heat came on that I could start to see. And the more heat that came on, I could see in front of me, I could see all around me, and I could see way up ahead. It was incredible. It was a beautiful morning. And I, I, um, I realized that it's so important to have the heat of God's word on in our life to help establish a vision of where we're at and where we're going in life, right? It's so um, easy for us to, to cool down and allow the frost, yes, frost, to set in and, and cloud our vision and even worse, um, be blinded, right? And so it's so important to um, dig into the things of God, to get the, the heat on in our life and, and to get into his word and, and pray and even worship and, and just and cultivate a passion for God because it allows him to do that work in our life and we end up seeing what's going on around us the way God sees it and we end up seeing where we're going the way God sees it as well. And he is the master visionary. Um, in his book, The Knowledge of the, the Holy, um, the late A.W. Tozer, he wrote, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's the most important thing about us, what we think about God. And it is important because when we have a correct view of Jesus and who he is and what he's done, it will affect every aspect of our life. It will affect how we think, how we behave, how we live, and, and really who we are, right? 
And it's so important to know him because his word contains divine truth and it tells us about the ultimate reality that we're living in, right? Um, it says in the book of Psalms that his truth endures all generations. So from the beginning to the end, his truth has been the constant. And in an ever-changing and fallen world filled with sinful and, and fickle people, his word is the constant. We can always go back to his word and realign our vision and see where we're at. It tells us who we really are. It tells us where we're really at. And it tells us where we're really going in, in a lot of bleak contrast to what the world would have us believe, right? So the title of the message today is Vision of the Son of Man. And we're going to do an old school Bible study today. So if you could turn in your Bibles, please, to um, Revelation chapter 1. We are, um, like I said, going to do it old school. And I'm actually going to read chapter 1 to us because... You'll see why uh, in a minute, why that's going to be important. And uh, above all, I know that there's, I don't really have any significant to say other than what God has to say. And so I can spend as much time up here reading the word and I know it would be fruitful. So uh, give me a woohoo if you're a chapter one. All right, super. Let's just have a quick prayer here. Lord Jesus, thank you God for today. Lord, as we dig into your word, Lord, would we, um, we invite you, God, to speak to us, to let it move us, Lord, and to, um, would your Holy Spirit work in us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. All right, from the top, here we go. It's going to take about three or four minutes. I know we got three or four minutes for the word of God today. So here we go. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is the report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. I'm reading in the NLT, if anybody's wondering. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, the one who was, and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God 
and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. And suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Here we go. And it said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys to death and the grave. We'll stop there. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that just incredible? Um, the book of the Revelation is um, lots to say about that book, as we know, and um, there's a lot of talk about it these days, and rightfully so. We're seeing a lot of incredible things happen around the world that are definitely lining up with a lot of things in this book. For me, I seem to always go back to Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3 um, because it helps me stay in line with I, with I believe the Lord's heart is for us, especially chapters 2 and 3. And, and my favorite as well is the last three chapters because as crazy as this world will get, we know how it ends. We know how it's going to turn out, and it will give us hope and a beautiful picture of what we have to look forward to. Um, the first thing I'd like to look at um, in this per- portion that we read is in verse 8. says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord. I am the one who, who is and who was and is still to come. The Alpha and the Omega is the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. In essence, he's saying, I am A, I am Z, I'm everything in between. It's the same thing he said to Moses in Exodus. He said, I am. You know what he's saying? He's saying, there is a God. There is a God who is limitless, who is everywhere. His presence fills the whole earth, and he gives breath to everything on the earth. There is a God, and I am he. That's what he's saying. I am he. Okay? And... If we look at John um, chapter 1, verse 1, we have a beautiful picture here. We should have it up on the screen for you. We have a beautiful picture here of Jesus at the beginning with God as they... Okay, maybe we don't. We're going old school again. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, grease, up, we'll grease up the hinges here. John um, chapter 1 says this. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, 
and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And I love this. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The darkness can never extinguish it. No matter where you're at in your life right now, no matter how dark and how much trouble you're in and how hopeless your situation seems, when you allow the light of Jesus Christ in your life, no darkness can ever extinguish it, no matter what. You let his light into your life, things will change. Things will change, okay? How many here can uh, be a testimony to that? Definitely me. Definitely me. Um, I love it when the Lord, he says, I, I, I am and I'm yet to come. I am yet to come. And, and for me, it's so comforting to know that God has a plan, okay? He's got the plan. He's got the plan. He is the master visionary for all of humanity. He is the author of life itself, right? And it's so good to be able to trust in a heavenly father that we're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose, we're not just a random blob of amoebas here existing for a pointless end, right? My wife and I were having a conversation about this, and she was saved at about 17, and she said before that time she was really sad because that's what she believed. She, and she thought, man, life doesn't have much meaning, does it? And, you know, so many in the world think that. We think that when we die, it's just blackout. You know, that's it. We're just flying through space here for fun. And, and that is kind of sad to think about that. That would, that would make me sad. Like, what's the point? Why am I alive, right? And I think so many um, people wrestle with that, right? But God, um, he doesn't only have a plan. He has an off, awesome plan. We look at um, Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, um, to 14 here. If you can join me there, it's in the Old Testament. It's about halfway uh, in your Bible. We got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It's one of my favorite verses. And it wasn't until my life, or excuse me, my wife was saved and the love of God came into her heart and the knowledge of God, it changed everything. Here's what it says in verse 11. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes, I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again in your own land. One thing that really sticks out to me is I will end your captivity. You know, sometimes when we live a life of sin, we end up finding ourselves captives, captives to our own devices, captives to habits, and we know we got to get out. We know we got to break chains, and when we seek God wholeheartedly, he breaks those chains. He sets the captives free and allows us to walk a walk of victory, a walk of purity, right? 
So number two here is the vision of the Son of Man. We have an incredible description of Jesus. This is different from the meek and the lowly man from Galilee that we read in the Gospels. Um, He is the risen Christ. This is King Jesus. We look at in verse 13, his sash speaks of his risen glory, his victory, his victory over death is his royalty. He is our high priest. His, his white hair, it speaks of his purity, his wisdom as a holy judge. His eyes, um, like were a flame of fire, speaks of his gaze upon the whole earth. We read, we read a lot in Psalms about his gaze upon the whole earth, that nothing can hide from his, his sight. Everything in secret will be revealed He sees every thought that we harbor and every intent of our heart. You know, in Luke it says, when Jesus comes back, well, a faithful person who can find, right? A faithful person. Are we really seeking and serving him in here? Are we really staying faithful to him? And more than anything in the world, the more that I live, I want to remain faithful to him. His feet like burnished bronze. It speaks of the enemies he's placed under his feet. His voice thundered as many waters. Speaks of his voice, and not just his voice, but the content of his voice. His gospel message um, is powerful and far-reaching throughout the whole earth, right? In his face, like the shining of the sun. He is the light of the world. He is God alone. And there's an old song that... um, kept coming to me when I was preparing this message. It's an old song. It's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Does anybody know that song? Okay, let's do the chorus. Turn your eyes upon Amen. Isn't that the truth, right? Um, Number three, John, when he saw this, he fell as dead. Well, I guess so. That's probably the right response to seeing all that, right? Um, It reminded me of Isaiah when he saw a vision of the Lord in his temple. He said, woe is me. I am undone. I am undone. And even John, you know, he knew the Lord personally. Uh, The Lord, he called himself the beloved one. Um, He hung out with Jesus, as we know, as his disciple, and said that even they used to even relax on the couch together, so to speak, right? So they were really close. But when he saw the Lord in his glory, he just fell as dead. He was undone. And I'll tell you one thing. This world that we're living in has underestimated the glory of God. They've underestimated it. They they may have even think or, or thought sometimes. You see it on the movies. Man, when I see God, I'm going to tell him something. When he comes, I got something to say to him. And I'll tell you right now, they won't. They, they will not. When the Revelation, it says, um, when, he, when Jesus comes back to this earth, the kings, the commanders, all the nobles, they're going to be running for the hills. They're going to be running for the rocks and asking the rocks to fall down on them. That is the response because as we read too, 
They will mourn for him when he comes back, even those who pierced him, even the Jews who have rejected him as Messiah. They will mourn for him because everyone who has rejected the Lord Jesus is going to say, no, it's true. It's true. When he comes, they're going to say no, and they're going to be in mourning because they're going to realize that they have rejected him, and now here he is. Here he is. Number four, he holds the keys. Sorry, let's just go back just in that image of falling as dead. You know what? And saying all this, you know what Jesus says after all that? He puts his right hand on him. He says, don't be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. He said, I am the first and last. I am your God. I am your heavenly father. I know all this stuff is intense, but you know what? I'm, I'm here with you. Don't be afraid. There's a beautiful verse in Isaiah, and it talks about in the end times when, when things get crazy, he's going to lead his lambs gently. He's going to lead all his lambs gently in his, in his, um, to their home, right? So if you're here today and you're worried about things going on in the world and the unstableness of, of different things, don't, don't be afraid. God is going to comfort us. He's going to take us home whenever that time may be in a gentle way if we, if we lean into him, if we, if we stick to him. So number four here, he holds the keys of death in the grave. He holds the keys. When you buy a house, you get the keys and you get the deed. That's your place. It's the same with the Lord. He owns it now. He's beaten death. He, he owns it. And you know, death is something that profoundly affects us all. We were reminded of that lately. I just, uh, I just remembered uh, six years, uh, my brother passing away last week, and I got the, the news of Noel, and I weeped, and it brought up the, the profound pain of losing a loved one. Um, there's there's no, nothing quite like that uh, in life than the pain of death. Likely the number one cause of fear and worry as a human being comes from death. But we serve a God who has defeated death. He has authority over it. Revelation 21 verse 3 here. It says this. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. And look at this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Forever, The NIV says the old order of things have now passed away. You know, uh, we built a house, my wife and I, the last couple years, and I had the blueprints. I had the prints, and I had, um, you know, we, I'm at the lot, and I'm looking at everything, and for the life of me, I could not imagine what this house was going to look like. You know, I'm looking at the paper. I even flagged out the footprint. And I still couldn't wrap my head around how exactly it was going to look like. And I feel like that's us in a way. First Corinthians, it says, right now we see everything in part. We see everything in part, but one day we will see clear. And just like me, one day Caleb Weaver and the boys came. And all of a sudden I came in the door and I was standing in that house. 
And that's going to be us right now when we talk about these things. We can envision them. Can't really wrap our minds around it. But one day we're going to be standing there and it's going to be our new reality. We're going to be there. And for me, for one, I can't wait. I can't wait until death is gone forever. Until we are all reunited together forever. I feel like we're going to say, we made it. We made it. You know, we did it by the grace of God. We fought the good fight. We kept the faith. It was hard. We got some scars, but we made it. And now we're here to live forevermore with the Lord. So hang in there. We're going to get there. Number five, as we wind down here, um, verse five says, All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. I love when John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, he said, you know, behold, the, excuse me, the Lamb of God, excuse me, who came to take away the sins of the world. You know, it was, it was the Lamb that took our place. It was the, the Lamb that was slain so that we could live. So we could live without guilt, so that we could live without shame, not pretending those things never happened, but knowing that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. You know, there was a price on our head. The wages of sin is death, we read in Romans. Revelation 3.20. Turn there with me, if you will. Revelation 3.20. Jesus, he says this. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, open the door. I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. You know, I don't know if we can get the picture up, but um, as I was reading this, I uh, came across this picture this picture is called, uh, it's a painting, actually, by William Hunt, and um, it's called The Light of the World, and undoubtedly, this is an inaccurate picture of our Lord. This is just an artist's rendition, but what I want to look at is this door off to the side. That door is us, and more specifically, that's our heart, and we'll notice that there's weeds growing, there's thorns growing up. It's kind of overgrown and a little bit hostile to any passerby. And the Lord stands there in love, and he stands and he knocks. He knocks. And if you'll notice, if you can see real close, that this particular door, it doesn't have a handle on the outside. The handle to this door is only on the inside, so that only the individual can open the door to him. You know, Jesus will never forcibly enter our lives. He will knock and he will call. Okay? He will knock and he will call. And with love, he seeks to bring restoration between ourselves and him. One one commentator said, the knocking is in likeness to outward calls. 
Sometimes in life we go through things. Sometimes they're hard. Sometimes they're painful. Sometimes we feel like we're getting knocked around. Sometimes the Lord will get our attention through those things, won't he? I've been there multiple times. And then there's a voice while the knocking is going on. It's calling us. It's saying, hey, it's me. Hey, I want to come in. Hey, let's have a meal together. Let's share a meal together. I know what you're going through. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to come into your life. I want to come and, and I want to have a relationship with you, right? It's a beautiful thing. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit drawing us to him, drawing us to him. And it's so important that we, that we listen to that, that we hear that. Like I said, he will never forcibly enter It has to be the repentant sinner who willfully chooses to open up and then the Lord will come in and sup with us, as it says. It's a beautiful image of the sinner's reconciliation with God. You know, opening the door just isn't a prayer. It may start with one, but it's opening up and inviting him into your personal life, right? That he may walk into every room that he may shine his light into every corner and hidden place in your life. Allow him to straighten some pillows and curtains and to see all the imperfections and broken things, right? It's inviting him to live with us every day. And that is Jesus' heart for each one of us. And it's his heart for the entire world. Not just for us here, but for the entire world. And we were made for relationship with him. And when we have that, that is life to the fullest. And when we don't have it, we're not, we're not whole. We're not full. We're lost. We're empty. And, and, and separation from him forever would be hell. It's not the fire and the brimstone that makes it hell. It's the separation from him for eternity. That's what makes it hell. The chance for salvation in the age of grace will come and it will go. And there's a a world of people outside of these walls at our workplace and in our schools, in our families, precious people, beautiful people, people hard to talk to. I work in a steel mill. There's a lot of people hard to talk to in there. You know, they ask me, are you one of them born agains? And I say, yes, I am. (laughs) And um, but people separated from him and facing an eternity of separation from him unless something happens along the way. I want to end with this verse. It's in Romans chapter 10. It's a beautiful message for us here. Chapter 10, verse 14. I'll wait till the rustling of the leaves start here and get into it. So Romans chapter 10, verse 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Unless someone tells them. In this place, as we help people find Christ and community, that's our mission statement. That's who we've been called to be. Not just from Mark, but from the Lord himself, Right? And as we get a vision of where we're at and where we're going, we also need to incorporate a vision of those around us. And we need to have a heart and a burden for the lost and say, you're coming with me. We're going together. The Lord loves you. And we, we, I, I pray that we become more bold 
and take action. I, I heard a message uh, last week. He said, you know, to be an agent of heaven, to be out there with a passion for the things of God and, and to, to make moves knowing that we are on this mission. Let's pray. Dear Lord, it is um, so good to be known by you, God, and to know you. God, I just thank you um, for this time, and we dedicate everything today to you, God. God, you alone are worthy of our worship and our praise, God. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you are doing and all that you're going to do, God. Thank you that we have been lost, but we are found. Thank you that we have been blind, but now we see God. Thank you that you don't just let us um, wander and fizzle out, God, to a, a meaningless end, God, that you have an incredible plan and a purpose for our life. Thank you that you're with us through all the highs and the lows, that you are our constant, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, as we leave here, would your word be imprinted on our minds and our hearts, Lord, and would we allow you to continue to have your way in our life and to shape us and mold us, God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Always uh, such a privilege to be here with you guys. Um, God bless you as you go, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful week. All right, amen.